Hey, how is your uh, nail polish holding up? How's the integrity of your nail polish? It's holding up pretty good. My friend Michelle said that you could peel them off in like one long, like one fingernail size chunk, but I haven't been able to get a, a good grip on one yet. I, I was able to get like pretty good size ones. And I, I mean, I'm a nail painter, so I don't know if yeah. you know, but no, I, I paint my nails. Okay. Yeah. There's various fan accounts for my nail work. <laughs> variety numerous hey there is um email from will i'm gonna pull it up for you i'm gonna forward it to you oh yeah i think i i think he sent it to me you did it once before it was fantastic it ushered in a new era of our voicemailing <laughs> yep that works that's that's my wedding yep that's your wedding um, that's my wedding <laughs> Welcome into a comic place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast. Everything's going according to plan. You sound weird. It uh, like I vocal vocally sound weird, or like, the audio uh, sounds like, bad. Just different. That's cute. Um. Uh. Well, <laughs> for the listeners at home, uh, this last weekend, Django and I got married, and we <laughs> ran the sound through our computer, and it rained, and the and the uh, ports on my computer are now fucked. So we just discovered that while we were going to record this podcast and um, and now I'm on my AirPods on my phone on a Zoom call with Django, probably giving you, the dear listener, terrible audio. Oh, but Jeff, it's better than no audio. I'll tell you that. That's true. Can you imagine, dear listener, walking through your daily life with that sort of confidence? Like even someone listening to me <laughs> muffled and shitty is better than them not getting to listen to me. I listen to worse podcasts than this. I listen to the the cartoonist kayfabe. Those guys have some pretty Terrible bad audio. audio. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll tell you it. what. It feels it feels weird to kind of like do jokes about your ego when you're so small on my phone. Well, it feels like I'm, it finally feels like I'm punching down. (laughs) (laughs) I have to shrink you to tiny, tiny screen lengths to feel like a, anyway. I knew if I stuck that feather in your charging port, we'd get to this point. This has been my plan all along, buddy. Oh, beans. Okay. Well, hey, um, do do we, do you? Perfectly acceptable. No, this is uh, Comics Place Presents. Perfectly acceptable did podcast, it, right? Did anybody did anybody send us a voicemail? Yeah, Will sent us a voicemail. You want to hear it? Oh, yeah, I do. You know Will Elmer? Hello and happy episode 328. Hey, guys. I'm coming in to you uh, live right now at Jeff's wedding, and I have the Kipster right here. Say hi, Kipster. Hey, hi, everybody. Hey, so, Jeff... Uh, I know you're just about to uh, go off to your honeymoon, or you're entering the honeymoon honeymoon phase of your wedding following this, and the Kipster has a very important question I'm going to ask on her behalf. She wants to know what you, and then, you know, Django, Roman, everybody else who's here listening right now, what is your favorite sexual position? <laughs> oh, Turn my up. God. Love you guys. Awesome. Say bye, Kipster. Bye, you guys. Yeah, deal with that. Bye, guys. Love you. Oh. Wow, I didn't see that. Didn't see that coming. Will Elmer the Saboteur. Um, that was really good, Will. You did that in front of my mom. That was pretty good. 
that was that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Django has to clean his eyes. Um, just a second. Let me Google really quick. <laughs> um, I just gotta make sure this is the one that I'm thinking of. That's a picture of a woman on a. That's not what I need right now. I need a. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You get there. You get there. Um, <laughs> Do you want me to act it out did, for you? Hey, Will, did my mom tell you what hers was? <laughs> The joke that my mom listens to this podcast has gone too far. <laughs> it's not oh, a so joke. Oh, so is also super versatile, McDevitt says. Um, yeah. That's with the cowboy, that, like the hat and the lariat, right? You have to be wearing spurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to be wearing spurs, mom. Um, um, that was pretty good, Will. That was a good bit. <laughs> I approve. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that not just because I'm lazy, but because I think it's awesome to be able to uh, get something so beautiful. Django, I'm answering this question. What are you going to do with it? It's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say because that's the that's the position of the week. Is it? Yeah. If you don't know about it, you got to Google it, baby. Space. While Jeff does that, uh, did you find anything? Oh, shit. What well, if it's a real position. The first right. thing that came up was an urban dictionary. It's a noun, stoner or pothead, somebody who constantly smokes marijuana. So I feel like I've, I've wound up in this position myself. That, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like you've <laughs> played an excellent goof on me, Django. I totally did it on purpose. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're in this position. Fuck, I didn't mean that. Oh, no, we're about to get canceled. Space <laughs> sexual position where the female to a ceiling nude and the male Huh. So that's that goes, and mine was mine. <laughs> um, oh no, my phone just says twenty per battery, twenty percent. Nice. <laughs> it's gonna be a good day. Nice. If this all ends abruptly, <clears throat> it's because my phone died. Because that port doesn't work either, and technology and I don't get along. Django, let's start this podcast so that we can do this thing. What was your favorite comic of the week, Django? Buddy, uh, it might have been the Flash, and it might have been Rumpus Room. Oh, okay, okay. What I read about both the penguin. Let's talk about him. Bunch of good comics. Okay. Well, so, but what you're saying is that you liked The Flash number one by Cy Spurrio and Mike Diodato Jr. I did. That's I did cool indeed. because you don't always love a Flash number one. Or I guess you're more likely to like a Flash number one than a Flash number five. Yeah, I rarely like The Flash. And this was pitched to us as like a cosmic horror comic, which, I mean, it's The Flash. That didn't quite make sense to me. And reading this issue, I was like, all right, they're doing a pretty solid job of giving like setting up a cool mystery giving us some horror elements giving us some like human existential dread with linda and just kind of i don't know man like they they set up a lot of cool stuff in this and i was i was super impressed with it yeah they set up a lot of cool stuff in it um they didn't get super into like the cosmic horror nature of it right off the bat which i think worked well for them but we're kind of slowly given this painting of the idea that like the space that exists between seconds is this sort of Cthulian uh, infinite black realm, you know, type of thing, right? Like the speed mm-hmm. force exists, but each between each second is this horrible nothingness and maw uh, gaping maw. Really? Uh, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I like the way that they brought Grodd in. I like that the, the dynamic between uh, Barry and Wall- Wally, they're, they're not really one-on-one in this issue, but like to the reader, we're setting up this dynamic that I think it's always kind of confusing from a reader perspective who you're getting on board with, whether it's Barry or Wally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like who's the fastest, who is the flat, who's the fastest person. And it I was don't Barry. I know which until, is which. Yeah, exactly. Well, Barry's the OG and Wally's the younger one who was the original Kid Flash and is now Flash. And this is a Wally story. Wally is the Heroes in Crisis one. Um, the one thing I had, and it, it's not a complaint. I was just curious where you fell on it. I felt like, and again, I like Mike Diodato's art, but I felt like it sometimes it was kind of con- like the story was just kind of confusing. And I, I was kind of chalking it up to the paneling of Mike Diodato, but at times I even felt like, like the speech bubbles were kind of weird and misdirectiony. Uh, what, where I, I, I didn't, I didn't feel that at all, I guess. Okay. Um, all right. It was I guess a I... lot to read and a lot to look at. Like this is a really dense comic. Yeah, it is pretty dense. It is pretty dense. I guess the first third of it, I was, it just took me a while to get my footing, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it and felt I, like I... a Grant Morrison book to me in that kind of respect. Like, yeah, like super, super smart monkeys that we don't understand as a reader. Uh, these bizarro bubbles that are shooting people up into the sky that we don't really like. I don't think that there's any artist who could really portray what's going on there. Um, and we don't sure. really find out how quickly they left the the earth um, until near the end of the book. Uh, there's, it, it, I don't know, man. There's just a bunch of stuff in here that I was like, this is this is Grant Morrison plus for me. Yeah, yeah. I I really really like it. I also think that maybe it's just sort of also the nature of like the narration versus text, like versus conversation. And it, there's like a rapid nature of flash books, so maybe it just felt kind of like bouncy or frenetic to me but um but no i I really liked it again like it's i'm totally on board for it i want to read more of it it's cool to have a flash book coming out that i'm very excited to be reading more of and there's a cool looking creature at the end yeah and a disgusting looking kid who got crushed on the page before it too yeah well there's some weird looking kids and that's that's a mad magazine advertisement django oh no, no no right before that buddy the the eyeballs that makes the monkey throw up oh the gorilla Okay, sorry. I thought you got hung up by another Mad Magazine ad. <laughs> that's a f- uh, that's a fair guess. I'm going nine point <laughs> on that one, Django. Yeah, I think I'm going to go nine point on it too. Um, I I think some of the best writing in here was uh, Linda's like postpartum depression combined yeah. with um, her no longer having being lost a her powers. Yeah. 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 The baby had been giving her powers. And so now she's not only the mom who's taking care of everything, but back to normal speed. And I thought that was a really good kind of like uh, relatable, but also super fantastic sort of situation. Yeah. I think that there was some character work that was done that I'm underselling. I, I, yeah, I think there was some really, I, I do think it was a really good comic, very good comic. And and yeah, you're right. I'm only just remembering how much good character work was done, but I was so trying to figure out what was going on. Um, yeah. Hey, Django, and, do you want, yeah. sorry, please. No, please. Nope, Django, nope. please. I'm, I'm done with the flash until next issue. Uh, well, did you, yeah, you gave it your score. Um, do you want to know what my favorite comic of the week was? I do. I think it's probably tied for two books, but one of them was void rival. Oh, interesting. It's, <laughs> Tell me why. Yeah, I feel like I kind of can tell if it's a Robert Kirkman book, I'm going to like pretty early in it, you know, like die, mm-hmm. die, die. Wasn't one I was super excited to read uh, like firepower. I knew I liked, I, right. I know I like this one invincible. I like, but there's other ones I don't. 
um, I think they're like pretty apparent because they're very based in like their genre and kind of the type of story he's telling is pretty evident. Uh, but this is just one that I know I like right off the bat. It's a good sci-fi story, but it's very rooted in the characters and like the type of people that exist in these two sort of long warring colonies. Um, I just really like their relationship and the back and forth <laughs> between those two characters. And then you tie in the fact that Transformers keep showing up and <laughs> I, I just, I love it, but you could remove the Transformers and I would really be liking this story. But I guess I do think in the cruel objective light of day, there is this sort of uh, cushioning behind my evaluation of this book at any given moment, because it feels like it, it's going to be a Transformers thing. So, so I, that I think it clouds yeah. the vision, but even still, I, I love it. It's like the first book I read at this point when it comes out on a week, it comes out. That's, that's what a good Kirkman book does is just like it does, yeah. up to the top of your pile because you know, it's going to be a real smooth entrance into reading your comics for the week. It's not going to be super taxing, but it's going to be really nourishing. Like, yeah, he's, he's so good at that. Even in the series that I don't care that much about, I tend to put his stuff near the top of the pile because of that. Um, I think, Okay, so on the topic of this being in the Transformers universe, I wish he would stop leaning into the meat beings of the Transformers universe because I don't, I don't care about this little pig-faced dude at all. Like, if right. I'm doing Transformers, I'm doing Transformers because I want robots, not, not like whatever Jabba the Hutt's guards are called, you know? Yeah, that, that character is more like the saga nature of this story. Like, yeah. that's not really a Transformer character I know. I think that was a comics character. Um, yeah. And well, he's just floating around in the peripheral, but yeah. And, like, on the topic of it being, like, the saga portion of this series, this series feels like a Rick Remender series that's easier to get through to me. Yeah, I can um, see that. Like, just the 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 warring nations or the warring worlds, the, a lot of the character design feels like that to me. Um, it's, it's like if if... Kirkman was scripting a remender story uh, is, is kind of the mood that I get from a lot of it. Uh, that, yeah, is, I, I, that totally makes sense to me with this one specifically. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a con to me at all. I don't need, I don't know if it's a pro, but it's, it's, I'm not saying something negative there in my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like this series. Um, I'd be okay if it moved totally away from Transformers or if it moved yeah. super hard into Transformers, but this kind of tease of rubbing the idea that they have Transformers in our face is, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm, re yeah. I'm ready for the Daniel Warren Johnson Transformers series. Yeah. Uh, what you're tired of is what I love about it. Yeah. Um, 9.5. 7.5. Hell yeah. Hey, Still Jango like it. Still like it. Hell yeah. Um, are you reading immortal thor no but tell me a little bit about it number two came out this week uh al ewing did the immortal hulk run <clears throat> this one i liked a lot more than the first issue uh which and i liked the first issue a lot uh but the, it's like some of the best thor dialogue i've ever read it's like hopeful and fun and it makes him a likable character whereas i feel like he in general is like kind of dumb muscly guy that's drinking in the background right um i i like the art a lot but yeah i you know the first issue you know it was like hey there's a forgotten thor land and asgard and it's the under asgard or whatever and i was like that's cool and there's like oh and this is the evil big anti-thor and i like that we kind <clears> of <throat> just spell him in this issue not like entirely but just sort of send him away 
Mm-hmm. And now we can just kind of get to know this Thor character as told by Al Ewing with this larger lurking threat in the background. Um, so I, I think the pacing is great, but it's really the dialogue. About halfway through this issue, I texted Roman and I was like, have you heard, like, have you read this yet? He's like, dude, I've got COVID. Right. And I was like, oh, Roman, Roman has COVID, which is why he's not here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, he's going to love this issue. I loved this issue. It's, it's really like, one of the best it just strikes a note for thor being likable and you know having a desire to read it in a way that uh thor comics really rarely ever do so very very highly recommend we just spent years and years of thor being impotent right like not having his hammer and being kind of a bummed out dude and yeah and going up to asgard and his dad's dead and he's the king but he's bummed about it like yeah it's just been a long time that's spider-man shit like let it let us have a fun fun bopping around thor yeah so this is this is really good it's the best thor thing i've read i would give that one a 9.5 as well jango what do you have you liked comics this week man dude i have several very high ranking scores um did you read did you read rumpus room i did (laughs) oh i read rumpus room also and yeah enjoyed it i think uh i mean what is it like three pages in a character says i got a scoot yeah that's a pretty good line this one and it's just something that that mark russell keeps coming back to Um, nary a banana in the comic though eh, not yet they'll get there this is is mark russell it's the banana verse um So it's uh, it's about a rich dude who has people trapped in his basement and he squeezes them to make his face cream. And we don't know why, but Mark Russell's original art is all over this guy's walls. Um, oh! Yeah, it's, it's his cons- or his uh, cartoons. about that. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Okay, I forgot about that. And there's a little bit of, like, detective stuff going on where this detective is has been put in the... Put in the um, room full of captives and they have to vote periodically to uh, for for who gets uh, squished into face cream next um i think this is some of the best art that mark russell's been paired with in a while for an ongoing or a longer series um it's a little bit jason burroughs maybe it's maybe it's partly the colors too like this this just feels like uh like mid-level garth ennis art to me and I think Mark has, has unfortunately been put with some artists that aren't at this level for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, evil billionaires, really gross uh, sculptures and uh, like crime and detectives. It's it's like, I don't know, Saw meets the social network or something. Yeah, it is. It is a Mark Russell number one. Um, yeah. Which is a good thing. Like, it's just like, it's like a eight, shake em up eight ball of storytelling it reminds me of the first issue of like billionaires island um i totally agree with what you're saying about the art i and i i agree i think he is somebody where it seems like editors or something are like well he's a writer who's got a message and the people who read his stuff like the message and it can be dressed <laughs> up in multiple ways and it doesn't matter or something you know yeah. like he can get it across with just mediocre art with people and this one does feel like a step up. I totally see that Jason Burroughs-esque thing. There's like a thick ink line that's happening with all of the four-figure things, which I kind of associate with Jason Burroughs. Um, it, yeah, it is good, and I want to keep reading. I, get, I want to keep reading it. 
but I also am just sort of like, it kind of reminds me of a type of Mark Russell thing that's been coming out, you know, like I guess mm-hmm. billionaire Island or I guess some of the other Ahoy ones, the other I billionaire mean. Island or the other billionaire Island. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, it's it, but it's a, it's a song that I like hearing. So, and, and they all, I think get more unique probably the further you get into them. I don't finish a lot yeah. of them. Um, you know, so like this one is going to have, it's very strong voice and things will make sense. And I have, the utmost faith in Mark Russell as a writer and, and love the guy. Um, yeah. So I, 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 you know, maybe I'll stick with this one and see where it goes for sure. Dude, I'll tell you the, the way I've been reading Mark Russell books lately is two or three at a time. Cause uh-huh. there's, there's, I don't know what it is. Like he's, he's in, in easily my top favorite writers bracket, but it always feels like I have to be ready to learn something when I'm going to read one of his books and I have to be paying sure. attention to the the dialogue a little bit closer than I do with, you know, the Batman of the week book or whatever. And so they get shuffled to the bottom of my weekly stack a lot. And then I'll look over and I'll be like, Oh no, I have three months worth of um, billionaire Island to read. I read like six issues of billionaire Island on an airplane and that's, it is my super rewarding. Sure that's my relation with Grant Morrison comics. Like I yeah. love their comics and even Hickman a little bit, but his mm-hmm. have a little bit more pump, but like, yeah, Morrison, I'll just like, I know I love you, but I know there's just a little bit more work I need to do going in to appreciate it as much as I know that I should. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, what I'd do you give, give this an eight and a half. Yeah. I'll, I'll go eight and a half. Also. I'm there with that. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to think of like the last time he's had, like a top tier artist. And I think it was probably Mike Diodato on not all robots, which has been a couple of years. Mm. And he never has terrible artists really, but no, they're never terrible, but like these, this it, one's better. I think that just oftentimes we were like, we got to get the real top tier artists to be doing like big fighting scenes and big yeah. Marvel DC comics. And <clears> it's like, no, nah. yeah. Um, let me watch people talk beautifully. Uh, I have a couple other books that I thought were very noteworthy. Django. What else you got? Well, I want to know what else, what you thought was super noteworthy, or I'm going to make you talk about Power Girl. Oh, I didn't read Power Girl. So you I want to motherfucker. Hear about that. I think that Penguin was noteworthy, man. Did you yeah. read? I'm sure you read that. Tom King. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this, I love the art in it. It's a uh, Raphael Delator. Mm-hmm. It fits it perfectly. It's got kind of a Lee Weeksy vibe to it. Yep. Um, yeah, there's something about, like, I don't know what it is that, that reminds me of Lee Weeks, but it's almost like, uh, like a font with crazy serifs, like really thin sticks coming out of everything. And it's not, yeah. it's not, but it feels like it is. Things have like a gray film over them. Everything's a little bit grayer or flatter. It's not super, uh, you know, that word when saturated. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot more like lines in the face, like textures of skin folds or something. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, uh, we don't need to go super deep into it, but, I just think this is going to be an incredible series because it's Tom King getting to write as dark and fucked up as Tom King can write. And it's, it's got great art. Yeah. It's just a very dark ride with the penguin, which is what you want. Um, I don't think he's as interesting as a Batman villain who is like causing crimes as he is a crime mogul or something within Gotham. So uh, I I think to see that in a Tom King story is, is pretty fantastic. This one just lays out his intense brutality. Yeah, while he's hiring the help from Killing Time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which I'm I'm super stoked that Tom King has created a bad guy that I think we're going to see around for a long time. 
right? Like he's kind of got the 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 reputation for being the guy that made um, Kite Man super hell yeah, yeah. But to have this absolutely threatening bad guy who like super skilled but also retired, and the penguin is is threatening him to make him come work for him. Like that's this this was some really nice writing and and good kind of uh not really a locked door situation but it, it all kind of takes place on in this on this one property and and the penguin is a terrifying dude yeah he just like you get to spend a, two days with him while he makes sure that this guy is going to start working for him even though he has all the power in the world now and doesn't need to yeah uh pretty 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 good i'm gonna go nine i'm gonna go nine you know what i already punched in my number jeff and it was a nine nice yeah nice Nice. Um, dude so i checked in on something this week for the for the shits you know yeah i read invincible iron man number 10 because it was the second half of that wedding i had auto sub people to it if they were getting x-men um wedding of uh tony stark and emma Mm -hmm. frost and the first issue didn't promise much didn't deliver much on the promise of that premise um this one did more so but what i would say more than that is that it was just really good um gary jair gary jair duggan is kind of cornering a market within the marvel universe right now and he's got like orcus involved the x-men and iron man's involved because of orcus's involvement and just because of the number of books Gare Jair is getting to write right now, um, he is dictating a lot of what is going on in the Marvel Universe. Right. So with that said, this was there's a lot of really cool stuff that he's doing. Um, like uh, Rhodey is in prison and some people are trying to take out a hit on him, but he had like gotten or like Tony had gotten Kingpin to make sure that he was going to be protected. So as this hit's about to be taken up, Sandman like appears and like beats <laughs> up all these guys. Um, like <clears throat> Tony and Emma are into some bad shit psychically with some people, which you would guess because she's a psychic. Um, there, like, there, there's the way that they're getting tied into Orcus is cool. It's just, it was very cool. The whole thing was much better than I thought it was. So I am not generally super interested in reading Iron Man comics because I don't like Tony Stark that much. But uh, Garrett here behind the wheel is doing some really interesting stuff. I really like what he's doing with X Men currently. Um, so this just seems like kind of more of that. So if you were on the fence with Iron Man or you liked X-Men and are not reading this, I would highly recommend people check it out. I would give this one like an 8.5 to a 9 as well. Who's drawing it? Um, this is Juan Frigiri. Frigeri, <laughs> not Juan Ferreira. This is Juan Frigeri. Not somebody nice. I knew, but the art um, looks very much like that sort of Pepe Larraz, R.B. Silva, kind of House of X house style when x-men when that came yeah exactly when that hit i feel like the marvel house style kind of shifted towards that pebularaz rb silva style nice um all right jeff i did read power girl yeah how was it it's okay the art's pretty good there's there's it looks like the art was pretty good yeah there's bits of the art that kind of gave me um a strangers in paradise vibe like more the body language, I think, and some of the facial expressions than anything else. Um, but basically, it's setting us up with Power Girl and her um, her friend, uh, gosh, Omen. And they're kind of undercover, pretending to be nerds, and then having to save all the rich people on a boat while these dudes who 
are mad at Kryptonians steal all kinds of stuff. It, <laughs> yeah, the the story. Meh. I don't like the idea of uh, her having a secret identity and going by Doctor Paige Stetler is is Kara's secret identity. I don't know. I it it feels like they're trying to kind of do a Birds of Prey sort of. Let's do a like a ladies' night out romp with this series, okay. and okay. I think it kind of does a disservice to her character, um, at least the the version of her that I like. But this obviously is a different one because she's from an Earth something else and whatever and comic books. Um, <laughs> like it's it's not a bad comic, but was certainly not written for me or the power girl fan that the, the type of power girl fan that I am straddling being you're trying to be. I mean, I, I really, really liked her in uh, some of the older justice league stuff. And you know, there's, there are some power girl appearances that I've really enjoyed. Um, but this kind of campy one is, is not one of them. So I would give this a, uh, Man, I have to weigh my enjoyment against how good I think the comic actually was. I'm gonna give it a seven. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna read the next issue, but it's it's not a it's not a bad comic. It's just definitely not a me comic. Um, Django, Batman Brave and the Bold had our guys back on it. Finally. Finally, with, Tom King and Mitch Garrett came back to tell their Joker story. With a knickknack paddywhack, give a man the Tom. And we got the disappointing revelation that the next installment is the final one. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I'm not reading anything else in this book, really. I, I, I well, guess I read the I, I read the very last story. Yeah, I, I always look at whatever <clears throat> black and white one there is, and this was Jorge Fornes uh, drawing a story by Ed Brisson, and it's incredibly gorgeous. Yep, as these black and white ones often are, but this is easily the best one. Which panel did you send me a picture of? It's just Batman looking in a refrigerator, <laughs> but oh. <laughs> it looks, it looks like, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. yeah, It's so good. It looks like, uh, just lifted straight out of year one, you know, yeah. like he's, he's wearing the, even just that panel and you can only see like from his belt to his head, you can tell that he's wearing just like a cloth shirt that he painted yeah. a bat well, symbol on. And it's so the way, so the way good. that he draws, like even on the first page, his cape falling, like you see all the yeah. fabric in the cape. Yeah. Um, or on the page after the one that you were just showing me, on the top panel where it shows the iceberg lounge, mm -hmm. and just like the way he uses negative space, yeah, is absolutely incredible. When we say it could be lifted just from like year one or something, I want to make sure that no one thinks that we're saying that in a way that. He's one of the best artists in comic books. The ability yeah. he has to look like Mazzuchelli when he wants to is incredible because there are people who have spent their entire careers trying to do that that are much older, older than Jorge Fornes and cannot do it nearly as well as him. It's yeah, incredible. And it takes, it takes a weird combination of ridiculous restraint in some parts of a panel and then just going all out in other parts of a panel. It's, it's a, I don't know, the, that, that guy is unreproducible and Fornes is doing like the perfect homage. And it just, it just puts you in that time period of Batman to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it, it's like reading legends of the dark Knight or something. You just, it feels like you're reading uh, older Batman comics or something. Yeah. And it's, it is a gift for sure. Okay. But Tom King, yeah. can we talk about how the, the Joker folded himself up and hung out in a porta potty to kill somebody? 
Yeah, I mean, so like if it was day one and he was visitor number one, maybe maybe that's cool, but it does not look like that. Yeah, so I knew that we were going to spend time on this by virtue of the fact that you're Django and the Joker is one of your favorites and he got in a porter potty. So let's get like into it. it. I don't like it. You don't like it? I it, it definitely made me stop and think about it. And like I was thinking about how deep down is a hole in a porter potty and how would he, how long could someone hang out down there? Does the Joker just not care? I will say I am surprised that you have any consternation about it. I just like that's too gross for the Joker. I don't know, man. <clears throat> and 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 then too after gross that, for the Joker. After that, I wanted a little bit of clarity about whether he was dyed blue from being in the porta potty chemicals and why he didn't change his clothes afterwards and they don't look dirty. Like I, I guess I don't have a huge problem with it being a thing that the Joker has done, but I don't think that it was presented in a way that I believed in here. Um, and I I don't know how to really be any 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 clearer about that i don't know it, it well, took away from the story I mean, for me here we are jeff and Django talking about the believability of a comic in which the joker has buried himself in the bottom of a porter potty and i tell you what Django, if you look at the double page spread where he's getting in the porter potty mm-hmm. the pages the coloring is getting progressively bluer it yep. is not like a blue shift happened. Like they are saying like that, the scene of the boy going into the, like, it is getting bluer. So they are definitely making some statement about the blue cleaning material in a porta potty there. But then not too long after that, he's in the back of somebody's car with a white shirt. I'm just going to pretend that the porta potty was pretty recently cleaned. And the Joker was just hanging out down there with a poop or two. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the only way one can take it. Um, <laughs> Wow. I like I liked the, the way that he managed to kill the dude. Um, and Bruce's obsession is uh, on on display here, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did you I, think? I, I really liked it. I, I think I'm actually kind of impressed by the Porter Potty conversation. I think that's the emotion that I'm feeling. <laughs> I think that I'm like, I think that I'm like a little surprised by the angle that you took and me misreading where I thought you were going to be coming from. And uh, yeah, I'm just sort of throwing it back. Um, but I got to bring, I got to bring it back in. Um, yeah, it was great. It's great. It's going to be, I, I kind of wish that it came out as one of those like one bad day books or something. So I can just read it all at once. Cause like, yeah. this is going to be four 24 page issues. Like it's not quite a graphic novel. It's not like, what is it? Um, and I think to be able to sit down and read this like pretty dark fucked up ride is going to be awesome. I wish it was going to be five chapters instead of four because each one doesn't take place over a huge period of time. Uh, right. Like it's pretty quick moments that you're seeing. And I, I would like to, yeah, just have like more of it, but that is not a complaint. That's more like a, you know, thanks for this awesome book guys. Can I, can I please says, can I have some more? <laughs> That's an Oliver reference, Django. That's a pretty good one. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I'd give this issue an eight and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go nine for the two of the four stories that I read. All right. Yeah. Um, Do you, uh, <laughs> did you read Marvel Unleashed number two? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. Well, it's Where got cute it? pets in it, bud. I must have forgotten to grab it. Cute Dang. pets being cute, man. It's cute pets, and I know that that's not a thing that makes you read a comic, but Kyle Starks is. So I, I like know, that I, we got you cornered here. I intended to read it. I just didn't yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. It was good. It was good. Yeah. 
Yes, there. Yeah, some great beats with Throg. Uh, yeah, it was good. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, some some real high fruit to be plucked on that. All and then right. the Gene Gray miniseries <laughs> by Louise Simonson continues to be great. Um, yeah, I the only other books from this week that I read was uh, Batcat, the Gotham War, Red Hood, and Newburn. But I don't I don't have anything how important to say the, about either of those. How is the Gotham War thing? Does it stand on its own? Is that a thing that you need to read? Do you know more about the Gotham War? Did it paint a picture about something you care about? It had cool art in it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's by Rosenberg and oh gosh, this is a this is a name and a half, buddy. Uh, let me find the first name here. Lace those shoes up, buddy. We got to get in the mud. Uh, Nikola Sismitsya. Yeah. This looks like a crazy Russian name. It looks a Nailed little it. bit like uh, like our buddy that uh i've been chasing for a while who did the uh, dark spaces wildfire book oh yeah sherman yeah hayden sherman but there's yeah there's yeah. well i'm showing it to you on the screen but you're looking at it on a tiny little phone it's got got kind of a almost like a riley rossmo look to it kind of yeah like earlier rossmo big thick yeah. lines and and some kind of overly cartoony stuff but not in a weird way um the art was my favorite part of that book i wouldn't say it's necessary but i would say it's it's a pretty good comic, uh, mm. probably like a seven and a half or so for me. Art um, looked good. You know, we skipped a couple weeks and I just wanted to shout out yeah, the Batman please. Gargoyle of Gotham, oh, which has amazing art by Raphael Grandpa and is just, oh, I, I, I love, I love that issue and I'm looking forward to the rest of them. I, I just think that he's, he's got a special way of drawing Batman and it's kind of, uh, like if you imagine that Trad Moore did the character design for Batman and just let your imagination run with that. I, I really, really liked his his thing and I thought the story was pretty good. There were some interesting little uh, tricks that he played on us and good little setups. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. An artist I absolutely adore. At the old store, I had gotten my hands on a book of his called Mesmo Delivery that I loved, that I loaned out to somebody I don't know who and I never got it back hmm. and now I can't get it anymore um rafael grandpa awesome yeah that's a great little short story um devil of oh, truck stop oh i remember that yeah i didn't know that that was him it i don't think so yeah. i think i i think i bought one at a convention or something yeah uh really really cool great artist um my shout out from the last couple of weeks is the most recent issue of danger street which was oh yeah uh, two assassins on a on a roof manhunter and assassin agent assassin or codename assassin mm-hmm. um and they just have the most like uh princess bride you know monty python-esque conversation <laughs> while killing each other it's one of my favorite things i've ever read so uh big big plug for danger streets most recent issue yeah that was some good stuff um well i guess we're gonna get out of here because i'm recording on a phone and i don't know i think the battery's about to die and we'll have technology resolved in some capacity next week and maybe roman won't have covid yeah, fingers crossed. I bet hey, it'll be clear. Before we jet out of here, before we got a scoot. Yeah. You and I went to a movie this week. Yeah, we did. The Creator. The Creator. Um Yeah. And then as soon as as soon as I was like most of the way through it, I was like, this is one of my favorite movies this year. And then uh as soon as I got home on Facebook, our buddy Brian Garside was saying that he thought it was okay. And uh, we've been talking about it all day long. And I just want to tell everybody Brian's wrong about this and this movie's amazing. Well, Brian Garside sent me a really wonderful <laughs> message about my wedding, so I love Brian Garside. Oh, I do too. I like, 
I liked the creator a lot. I would give it 8.5 to a nine. What would you give it? Nine and a half probably. Yeah. Like it, it may have kept me engaging in media because I was, I was on a real fast down slope as far as watching and reading anything. Yeah. And yeah, no, no I get, I get it. stories lately because they're just, they're just okay. So many of them are just okay. And this, this one was, really yeah. Good. Yeah. It, 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 it was really well done and it was gorgeous. I, would I recommend could see, seeing it big. Yeah. I could see like if what you're looking for is a lot of really novel concepts, I don't think necessarily this is that, but it is really well done concepts. Yeah. I think, I, I don't think he's wrong about any of the stuff he didn't, he didn't love about it, but um, I don't know what any of those things are. But I just, I, I would, I would forgive that movie a lot just for how it, how engaged it made me through the whole thing. Yeah. I, did you fall asleep at all? No, not for a second. Yeah. I maybe almost dozed off in the action sequence in the middle part, but um, I don't think I even did. Yeah. It, it kept me there. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was very good. It was very good. Um, I'd recommend I'd like it. And I'd Brian recommend about it. Big. Yeah. And, sure. and, and you want to say any other disparaging things about Brian before we get out of here? Oh, let's see. Well, he's Canadian. So, you know, he's a really nice guy. Um, which yeah, is he's really frustrating good. sometimes because I want to tear him down, but it's you just you can't. Yeah, no, he's one of the best there is. One of the best there is. Um, um, all right, buddy. Well, I guess we should get out of here. You guys can send us an email like Will does every week. It would be cool if you did. If you get a hold of my mom, ask her her favorite sexual position. Um, <laughs> so we have that on record. Uh, and then email it to Jeff at the And uh, that's how you get us. That's how you get us. We'll be here um, probably sounding better next week and less covid I am always, I'm Jeff. Hey, Django, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. I'm, I'm glad you're married and we get to start hanging out again. Oh, yeah, wedding went great. That was good. Thank yeah. you, everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see you around. Bye, everybody. Bye.